0: Welcome to Central Queensland Region's Leading and Learning Podcast. These are informal conversations between leaders about educational issues and initiatives. We share them to inspire and inform you so that you may have a greater influence through your instructional leadership. I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land across central Queensland on which we play, learn and work. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening in. Hi, I'm Trudy Graham, your host for the show. I'm an Assistant Regional Director in CQ, based in Rockhampton. And this afternoon I'm joined by my colleague Pete Tanza also an ARD in Rockhampton. Pete, how
1: are you this afternoon? I'm good, thanks, Freddy And I think my check-in for today will be enlightened. I'm enlightened.
0: Enlightened? Yeah. Well, mine's curious, Peter, because I'm, I'm curious about the conversation we're about to have. And let's start with a conversation starter. Peter, your best acronym or mnemonic that you've heard recently?
1: Well, it's not one that I've heard recently. I must admit I've just quickly pulled it up on... Uh, on google but um, i suppose people would be familiar with aap out there as age appropriate pedagogies but um, there's another one which is always a pleasure Trudy. always a pleasure
0: i love it and when you said aap earlier i was thinking about age appropriate pedagogies and look uh, mine is star now i only discovered this one this week And STAR stands for Staff, Thanks and Recognition. And what I've only learnt this week is we can actually send STAR e-cards from the service centre. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes. And uh, you can send your work colleagues uh, a STAR e-card. STAR standing for Staff, Thanks and Recognition. And it's aligned to our corporate values. I thought it was really nifty and a principal showed that. So um, look in the show notes if you're curious about STAR e-cards there'll be something there and look the reason why I started with a little bit of a difficult conversation starter is because we had Kim on the last episode with ACE talking about our regional focus a great start for all children the C in ACE is for confident capable um, workforce delivering responsive service and the E is every student succeeding And today, Peter, I believe we're actually going to talk about the ARD AIP, because we love our acronyms.
1: That's right, Trudy. In fact, it's called the Animated ARD AIP, and can I tell you after a few lemonades on a Friday afternoon, you don't want to be saying that quickly.
0: Well, you've actually got your Diet Coke, and I've got the Coke Zero, because it is Friday afternoon, and uh, it's a a bit of a heavy topic too, Um, and so we hope that by talking about the story of our work yeah. and um, how it's unfolded might give some folks some insight into the work of the ARDs in 2020.
1: Yeah, and it is very much a story. It's, um, you know, the story of our own struggle and our own learning as a team. And I think that's a it's a good story to tell because it reflects on the work in schools and we're using the same tools. We're confronted with the same problems of practice so I thought it was a great conversation just to remind all of our leaders out there that the work is the work, no matter who you are or what school you're in, It's there's lots of similarities in how we go about that work and how we're trying to address very similar problems of practice in our organisations or schools or whatever.
0: Yeah. So Peter, our role is, um, and we're often shortened to ARD, but it's Assistant Regional Director School Performance. So... Do you want to take us back some and talk about the early beginnings?
1: I I can. I have to go back a little way. And um, having been around a fairly long time, um, this one doesn't seem like that long ago, but um, back in around about 2009, of course, we first started involving ourselves in teaching and learning audits. And I think for the first time in a long time, we had people coming to our school and looking at our work and really assessing it against a, a rating system. And that created, um, firstly, created huge discomfort, as any organisation does when they embark on this work, but after a while I think we started to get comfortable with the notion of feedback, and um, having been involved in that work myself as a teaching and learning auditor, um, a lot of schools were struggling with the idea of, you know, I'm being judged and, and feedback. But look, out of all of that work of looking in schools and trying to work out what works really well, in Queensland we have developed this remarkable set of tools that are our tools and all of us have contributed to them. And they're, of course, the tools that we now broadly reference as our school improvement tools. Um, And they are a great set of tools and they are based on Queensland research. They've come out of every school, every school that struggled with the problems of practice or how to deliver curriculum in more effective ways, how to get teaching teams on board, how to develop their capabilities. You know, the hierarchy is there for a really good reason. It is a Queensland tool. And I'm actually really proud that, um, you know, schools I was in, as well as some of the work I did outside of schools has contributed to all of that. And I think they're great tools. So they're all there. And as ARDs, we thought we might have to start using some of them really creatively yeah to inform our work yes
0: and uh, narrow and sharp which we really <laughs> struggle with yeah because <laughs> there are so many things that mm. can take our attention
1: yes narrow and sharp I'd like a dollar for every time I heard that phrase referenced in a review or something and um, I think as a principal I did struggle with what did that actually mean narrow and sharp But um, I'm getting a better idea, and actually it's my... um, The people I work with, the principals out there that I work with, who are really helping me to shape up some of that thinking. So, you know, I do acknowledge their wonderful work. But um, it's been a struggle. For us as a team, it was... I I think we thought it was going to be relatively easy. We would develop our own uh, AIP. Um, We would take that from the regional operational plan. We would target specific work that we wanted to do as a team. And then we would um, look for measures of impact. We thought that was relatively easy. We would sit down and create a plan. Um, Can I tell you, it was 12 months of real struggle. You know, real struggle in terms of not so much the task of it. We knew what we were going to do and how we were going to go about that work. But it was looking for those measures of impact, of knowing whether the work we were doing with schools was making a difference to students. And, um, and I think that's been a great journey for us and we've certainly moved quite along in that, that conversation to the point where, you know, um, in Kim and her previous podcast was referencing some of this, where we've developed our three pillars of um, work, so three priorities for the ARDs, which falls out of the ACE, regional priorities, but um, has a bit of a different lens on it. Um, for us, it came from data, you know. That's where we sourced this work from, we looked at regional data sets and we looked at some data like what were all of our review findings telling us from all of the reviews undertaken last year in our schools, was there commonality in some of those improvement strategies and lo and behold when we did that work and it took us a day to work our way through that, we did start to see that there were some reoccurring and quite strong themes. Coming out of that work.
0: Now, I missed this work because I was actually on leave. But what were some of the findings? What, what were the aha moments with that data?
1: Look, we thought that, um, you know, what was strong in our region, and there were, of course, it's an affirmative process, so there was plenty of positive affirmations for the work. So certainly we could see strong recognition for Australian curriculum and the work that had been undertaken in the region, and that was being referenced back through the reports. I think it was when we were getting to the middle of the hierarchy that we could start to see that there was a, um, a, a, a blockage there, shall I say, um, or, you know, an aggregation of findings that really sort of said, OK, what's stopping people from the coaching, mentoring work in classrooms? What's stopping people from building more effective teaching teams or developing the pedagogical practices that are really going to lift the school improvement conversation. Um, and that's where we were seeing a lot of findings, You know that that was the next thing that the school needed to move into. And, um, and so we, we decided that one of the things that we wanted to focus on then was instructional leadership, but not about telling other people how to do instructional leadership because it's really complex work. It was about us trying to model some of that work ourselves in our work Um, so that we could then have those conversations with principals around that. So um, if um, schools were at that point where they have a a plan and then the next step is, what do I do with this plan? How do I make it work? Well, we've lived that experience now and we know what it's like to take that um, regional operational plan and try and get it down into some um, succinct actions that we can come back together again. So Peter,
0: you referenced instructional leadership and I know then when I came back from leave at the beginning of the year in the uh, student free day sessions that we had together as a team, we really tried to put some definitions or some qualities around instructional leadership and I think as a team, again, we struggled with
1: that. We certainly do, Trudy. It's one of those words in, in our team that we often refer to as $5 million words um, it can mean a lot of things and it's, it's really quite a complex um, piece of work and there have, of course, been many books written about it. But look, in its essence, we felt that instructional leadership in our region really related to the propensity for people to build capability in others as being a really critical um, element. So uh, an instructional leader is someone who knows that they need a team and a strong team around them to get the work done Um, We also looked at that ability to take a plan and operationalise it, take a a strategy and make it work in a school, and that requires a certain style of leadership, Um, you know, to take that two-dimensional document and turn it into a three-dimensional piece of work. So we thought that was a really critical element, and of course, obviously, in our region, instructional leadership requires knowledge of the curriculum, Um, you know, that's a really important element it's the what in our classrooms and um and it's critical we believe in understanding that piece of work is how we drive improvement in our schools as well
0: yeah now peter you um talking about the three dimensions and i know that um, and looping back to the start you talk about the animated aip so what do you actually mean by that
1: yeah, look, the animated AIP in our region was an idea that was kicked around a couple of years ago in a webinar. And it really was our first attempt at saying we were seeing too many documents sitting on shelves um, that hadn't been um, really effectively operationalized in the school. And it wasn't for great intent. They really were clever documents or you know, people had invested in them heavily. But they were letting the... Um, Team down a little bit in what they look like when they got out into classrooms and so on. So, um, you know, in animating, it's about how we build that learning together across a team in a school, and that should incorporate everyone, of course, every classroom. But that's the notion that we started playing with, and what are the systems we can develop that help schools to um, to bring that plan to life and um, to build that inquiry work. Because um, it has a strong inquiry foundation, to build that inquiry work into into the work of every school.
0: Yeah, and we've we've kind of focused this conversation on within school, but there's also the instructional leadership piece across schools, and you know our small school principals. That's that's a vital piece for their professional growth as well, isn't it?
1: I think so, Trudy, And that's an excellent point. And I think this, you know, if we look at the um, the state schooling strategy and look at where intentional collaboration sits as a piece of work that's incredibly important and how we go about that work because teams don't exist just in schools they exist across schools as well so no, that's a that's a really important point
0: yeah and that work of course isn't limited to small schools even our large schools are really playing in that space of of how working collaboratively is making a difference um, in the collective of schools. Yep. Uh, again, with Australian curriculum, pedagogy, great work happening with moderation.
1: Yep. Yeah, look, instructional leadership is the leadership we model for others. So that's an important consideration. So when principals are coming together and modeling that learning behavior, that's a really important component. So, so with the ARD
0: AIP, and there are mm-hmm. three pillars that I you know we've we've come to an agreement on so Peter could you wrap those up for us
1: sure so the, the number one is the Australian curriculum of course we just don't lose sight of that really incredible uh, piece of work and look I did some work even last week um, with someone from central office and I am just always learning more about how that uh, uh, how the curriculum works and how we can leverage that in our instructional model. so Um, always plenty of work to do there we've put a little stage two underneath that in our own documentation just to remind us too that it is also about not just the what but it's also about the how and that many schools are asking um, lots of really good questions about pedagogical practices in their school and what uh, high effect strategies might be at play so it's good work
0: and then the next pillar?
1: Yeah, so instructional leadership I've already talked quite a bit about, so we'll just sort of say that's there as pillar number two. And number three is the really important work that we have around inclusions and transitions. And, uh, yes, there is, of course, the statewide emphasis around inclusion work. We've incorporated transitions into this work as well because our regional data tells us that we Um, have to take a closer look at this and the inclusion work as well as the transition work. Um, The moral purpose that sits behind our three pillars is, of course, every student in central Queensland has a champion. And, you know, if we are going to just say that and not use it as a meaningless phrase, but actually say, what does that mean? And then we look at some of our data and can see the um, some of the things that are happening with our students, then I think we have to pay closer attention to what's going on there. So, so that's an evolving conversation for the region too.
0: It sure is, and I think that's a lovely place to wrap that up because it's, it's our moral purpose, isn't it? It's why we do the work we do, and that's about making a difference for every one of the students in our state schools.
1: Recently, yeah. Trudy, um, I asked in an interview... For a very big school, I asked the person, the applicants, I asked each one of them to talk to me about a particular student that they um, assisted in some way to get some learning success happening and, uh, yeah, it's quite um, humbling, I think, when people are big systems people to actually bring it down to an individual child, but I thought it was a great question. Gave me some great insights into their ways of working. Yes. I won't be able to use it again, of course, because i Broadcasted now. Yeah,
0: you've just told everyone on the podcast. (laughs) So, Peter, that brings us to the fast five that aren't so fast. And of course, in episode one, you asked me the fast five to kick off the podcast. So now the tables are turned and I've got the questions for you. So, if you're ready, Peter, when and where was your first teaching appointment?
1: Yeah, Trudy. So, um, I'm a Townsville boy, born and bred, educated in Townsville. Um, So my first appointment was Currajong State School Right in Townsville there And I was teaching Year 6 And of course I'll just tack on the next little bit That in my second year of teaching I went back to Currajong Just for the first term Before I got a transfer up to Forest Beach But in that first term I had Gordon Tallis in my Year 6 class Not that he remembers me But he was there You've obviously run
0: into him since.
1: I have, and I reminded him of the fact, but um, he didn't remember <laughs>
0: uh, Peter, when you think about your work, what was the last thing that made you smile?
1: I think it was a conversation with some children around robotic mowers, Trudy, and they were talking about evolving technologies, you know, from push mowers through to robotic mowers. But really, one bright child thought there's a bit of a problem with a robotic mower in that if you leave it running outside in your front yard, someone might steal it. So then some other very creative children thought of some very painful ways to punish anyone that might want to pick up a robotic mower. It was quite quite clever and ingenious and a little bit cruel at the same time, I thought.
0: Primary school boys, perhaps? Yes,
1: yes. And girls.
0: Oh, okay. They were all joining in. So, Peter, what's your best book or film recommendation?
1: Yeah, look, I wouldn't make a film recommendation. Really, I'm drawn to rubbish when I watch stuff on TV or on the big screen. I like escapism, so I'm not going to recommend anything there. But my book is Imperfect Leadership by uh, Steve Mumby. It's a great conversational book. Um, it talks a lot about leadership. It's interesting to see that the struggles of leadership, whether you're running a, a national organisation or running a school Um, they're not much different and so it's quite relatable as a piece of work and of course, um, as the title says we don't get this right the first time, second time, third time or probably never but it doesn't mean we can't learn along the way
0: That's a great recommendation I think there are quite a number of people in our region who have copies of that Mm -hmm. book too So Peter, what's your favourite
1: quote? It's a deep one for a Friday as the sun goes down, Trudy Um, So my quote is Only those who care about you can hear you when you are quiet.
0: Oh, that is deep. And the extrovert in me is going to have to take a little bit of time to have a think about that one. So food for thought. Thanks, Peter. And the last question. As far as things to see in CQ, what's our best kept secret?
1: Yeah, look, if you're lucky enough to have a boat and be able to get out onto Keppel Bay, there's a little island that sits out belong alongside Great Keppel Island called Humpy Island and it's a national park island so you can go and camp over on Humpy Island it's a beautiful camping spot but if you go for the walk which takes you up over the top of the island and you go the wrong way not the right way but if you go the wrong way um, very shortly after climbing up one of the first hills you'll come across a little bench seat it's hidden away in the bushes So you sort of have to work your way across to it and when you sit down on that beautiful bench seat you'll have a very picturesque view of the bay and it's quite spectacular and that has been mainly because after that climb you need to have a sit down but it's got to be one of my best little spots and um, when my daughters come with me on that trip they always know where to take me for the walk and um, that's where we end up Mm. sitting on the bench seat.
0: Wow, what a great recommendation. Thanks Peter. Um, Okay, well... As this uh, series of episodes evolve, we're just getting the best spots in CQ, aren't we? So thanks for sharing that and thanks for doing the Fast Five. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about the ARD AIP and the challenges that are involved in bringing to life a strategic plan and how to um, really look for impact as leaders in education. If you have suggestions or recommendations for future episodes of the podcast or you'd like to give us the gift of feedback, whether it's positive or negative, you can email us at cqcommunications, with an S, at qed.qld.gov.au. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app. You'll find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Deezer. And if you know of an educational leader in central Queensland who may also enjoy listening to the conversations, please help us spread the word by telling them about the podcast or forwarding the email that comes each fortnight with the show notes. Thanks, Peter.
1: Thank you, Trudy.
0: you for listening to central queensland region's reading and learning podcast we trust this conversation has given you the information and inspiration to lead so that every student in our region succeeds